of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? This is my Populism with a purpose. Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician, and she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and post-partisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. You know, the day after a almost, um, the day after a partisan vote uh, on impeachment in the House of Representatives, Democrats who want to be president took to the stage again, this time from Los Angeles. And there were fewer of them this time. I don't know about you, Vince, but I thought the Saturday Night Live version was way ahead of the of the um, PBS version. It always is. I mean, it, it was really good last night, right up to the moment when um, Alex Baldwin, in his Donald Trump role, came on stage it was it was amusing um and you know thank you to saturday night live because if it weren't for saturday night live spoofs of these debates it would be really really painful i mean i tried to watch but the first 10 minutes and i was i was gone i couldn't i mean there are just too many of these um You know, it made me think about the British election. You know, the Brits have just had um, a huge, sweeping change election with a capital C, in fact, all caps, change election. This is the Brexit election. The conservatives now have a solid majority um, in the House of Commons. And you know how long that election took? A whole six weeks. I really think maybe we'd be better off. We, you and me, citizens who depend on Congress getting some work done in between, you know, running for election. um, I think we'd be better off if we had these quick snap type elections where if the first primary is in February of, or in Jan, it is February, um, it's the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, so I think it's February 3rd, if I'm correct. So what if we said on October 1st of 2019, okay, the caucus is on February 3rd. Now you can start running for office. People might pay, actually pay attention then. People might actually tune in and pay attention. 
I mean, under the current system, we get really bad results. So maybe we should try the British approach because here's what we've been doing that's different. We've been at this as a nation. We have been at this primary election for more than a year. And we winnowed the field down some. Now, just because you didn't get on that debate stage doesn't mean you're out of the contest. Lots of, some other people are still running. Cory Booker, Michael Bennett, a few others um, are who didn't make that stage were, in fact, in Iowa trolling for votes. So for more than a year, a group of people have spent more time in New Hampshire and Iowa than they have in Washington, D.C., doing the jobs for which you are paying them. Um, with the exception of Tom Steyer, who got in a couple of months ago and is, you know, pretty much um, he's he is paying for all of the individual donations that um, get him on the stage. So for more than a year, these people have been focused on two very non, um, you know, if you're looking for a representative sample of American voters, it ain't in Iowa, and it certainly is not in New Hampshire. So when you are focused on these two states for more than a year, it is not surprising to me that you find an all-white, or almost all-white, the exception of Andrew Yang, group of people on that debate stage that most of those people are either quite wealthy or know a lot of people who are quite wealthy um, and that most of them are hypocrites. So you know what? I don't see Michael Bloomberg's approach to running for president to be all that out of the mainstream. The only thing he didn't do was go to these two small non-representative states and, and, and eat too much butter and fried food because those two states are not representative of who we are as a people. So I wouldn't count Michael Bloomberg's television campaign out at this point. In fact, we might get a big surprise on Super Tuesday. But that's not the real point of this particular podcast. The point of this podcast is the hypocrisy that was on display on that stage. You know, they point to President Trump and the, you know, destruction of the republic and the, you know, failure to represent properly the checks and balances of government, et cetera. And yet all, all seven of those 
people on that stage embraced the imperial presidency with both arms and a big hug. In just the few minutes that I watched, I heard just a bunch of, on my first day in office promises, on my first day in office, I'm going to sign an executive order to enact climate change reform, change the health care system, get us, end, end the endless wars, etc. How is that different from either Obama's strategy of phone and pen and or McConnell's stranglehold on legislation which he won't allow to come to the floor if the White House has not endorsed it. And and those of you who listen to me regularly know that that is the thing I'm the most worried about is the precedent that is created every time executive orders replace congressional action. So up to and including the current effort at impeaching the current president, the 45th president of the United States, Congress has been reduced to a debating society, perhaps the most expensive debating society in the world, because all they do is spend money, money we don't have, money on staff, money on travel, money, 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 money on getting themselves elected and reelected. But they really don't represent at this point um, an effective arm, co-equal arm of government. And all of these members, these senators who are running to be president based on their experience in the Senate, are happy to throw Congress under the bus if it makes them, if, if they have the power to do so. And that, folks, is the absolute pinnacle of hypocrisy. And so that makes me kind of agree with Tim Miller, who wrote in The Bulwark this week, that... And, and it was demonstrated last night on Saturday Night Live. Can any of these candidates, smart as some of them may be, experienced as Joe Biden is, clearly, can any of them go toe-to-toe with President Trump on a debate stage in a campaign which is likely to resemble a WWE fight night. No, no, none of them can. No, absolutely not. I I thought that was really clear last night, just in that quick skit. Um, Hey, it's clear if you watched for five or six minutes um, of of the debate. So, you know what? And, And the funny part is President Trump has said he doesn't want to debate which I believe in this situation would be in his favor. Absolutely. So. Unless he goes up against Andrew Yang. 
um, they are talking. That's like that's like saying you'd need a translator. I mean, the language that they speak is so different. Um, their view of the world is so you would actually need a cadre of translators. Which, by the way, I don't think that would be a bad idea. I I don't know that we need translators exactly in the in the Yang Trump thing. We would. But in general, you know what I would like to see is a truth ribbon. You know, the the um, Pinocchio guy at the Washington Post who gives, you know, out one to four Pinocchios depending on how little truth there is and what a particular politician says at a particular moment. I just think there should be this ribbon running um, that, that gives you the historic fact um, that that the particular politician at that particular moment is trying to manipulate in pretzel form. But that's a personal, you know, again, that's a personal preference. But I'm going to vote for fewer debates, less hypocrisy, and a modicum, a modicum of gutsy leadership to at least hold the current president in his bid for re-election feet to the fire to deliver on both the economy and other um, national security and national um, and and global future priorities. And on that note, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll all look forward to February 3rd when the voters get to chime in for the first time in more than a year. On a blessed New Year to all of you. Wait, what, what's, what's the vote coming up? The Iowa caucus. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, that's the right. Super Bowl is on the 2nd. The Iowa caucus is on the 3rd. And the president is scheduled to deliver the State of the Union on the 4th of February. Now, Wow. I, I what asked, a jam-packed three days of entertainment that's going to be. Uh Yes, indeedy. It will be. Any predictions? Let's make some predictions. Oh, I can't predict. I mean, do you want me to predict the Niners in the Super Bowl? You know what? I'll I'll make some predictions. I'll I'll predict the Niners in the Super Bowl. Against against who? The Patriots or the the Ravens? I I would hope the Ravens. I, I I think that I don't think Brady's got it this year. Um, I think I think it's going to be. Think, I think it's it's going to be a mastery of coaching and a, and defense. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be a super blowout um, offensive instrument. Although there would be a kind of uh, of settling of the question: Should Garoppolo face um, Tom Brady? But but I I mean he got when the when the chips were down yesterday there were a couple of passes I was really um, I I thought he 
he played a good game, but I'm still going to tell you that John Lynch is a genius because he has a, a, a quarterback with a limited skill set. I mean, he's a great pocket passer, but, you know, um, but but he has surrounded him with the most able receiver core that money could buy. So, go Niners! That's my first prediction. Do I want to predict anything else in, in Iowa? In Iowa, I just don't know. I mean, we could all be surprised. I mean, the prediction is, the prediction is, okay, and, and then we'll listen to you, what you would predict. Um, the prediction is that the top two polling favorites in Iowa will not win the Iowa caucus. That it is quite possible, based on history, that somebody like Amy Klobuchar um, could actually do what John Kerry did. She's sitting in the John Kerry position right now um, and, and take it off. Or that Michael Bennett could show up being um, with a much Who? Michael Bennett, the senior senator from Colorado. Oh, I thought he was. Isn't he a lineman for the Patriots? There is one, but he spells it differently. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a Michael Bennett running for president. There is a Michael Bennett who do, is. Do the people in Iowa do they do they know the difference? Do they the, do they even know that there's a Michael Bennett? Oh God, yes. You sure? Oh God, yes. He's been he's been spending a whole lot of time in there. He's been library. spending all his time in Iowa apparently because no, I haven't heard of him. Um, um, um. No, you, you. He actually does make occasional Sunday news program appearances. He is the former Secretary of Education. Um, he comes, I believe, out of the energy business in Colorado. Yeah, he doesn't have a shot. In any case, he's a really interesting. He's an interesting study. His father is from a um, old line family that's been in the United States since the Mayflower. And his mother is a Holocaust survivor. And if that doesn't give you a <clears throat> in your life. Um, in any case, I, I think he's a guy with a lot of, uh, with, with a tremendous amount to offer. But um, in the WWE that will be this campaign, it would be... It wouldn't even be pretty. So all I'm going to say about Iowa is I don't think that the polls really right now mean all that much in Iowa. Um, and we'll see what happens thereafter. I would also not count the impact of um, Michael Bloomberg out at this point. Michael Bloomberg didn't make the kind of money that he has by making by by wasting it. And the fact of the matter is that once you get out of Iowa, New Hampshire and South Carolina, where these guys have been living for more than a year, it's all about television. It's not about um, unless you can afford to go to wine caves where they serve nine hundred dollar a bottle of wine. Um, you, you that those are the only kinds of events where after uh, South Carolina um, a voter has an opportunity to actually meet uh, a candidate. So that's my presidential prediction. As to the State of the Union, I give you 50-50 odds. So what do you think?
50-50 odds on what? That, the that it's going to happen? That the State of the Union is actually delivered on February 4th. Why wouldn't it be? Um, because we might be in the middle of an impeachment trial and, and he might decide that's he doesn't want to do it. Oh. Well, I'll, 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 I'll say that uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the State of the Union will, will happen. Okay. I think uh, Buttigieg will take Iowa, but he won't win the uh, nomination. And I believe the Super Bowl will be Packers and Ravens. And the Packers are going to win. I think that's an interesting prediction. I could I can buy the Ravens part. I can even buy, you know, the likelihood that the Niners will not be there. But I I just don't see the Packers this year. So one of us is gonna be you know, here's the good part. One of us is gonna be right, one of us is gonna be wrong. We could both be wrong. That was what I was just well, about uh, to that well, was what I was thinking and about to say. Except for the the uh, State of the Union, that could go, that's either got to go one way or the other. Well, he's accepted. Oh, wait, are we both predicting that it's going to happen? No, I'm I'm, I'm saying I. Okay, so on that one, one I'm of us gonna is going to be right. I'm going to predict that, that, um, that there will be some twists and turns between now and February 4th, that it may or may not happen. But Nancy very efficiently sent out the letter and the White House very efficiently responded that that was a good date. Yeah. So it's happening. So and, at and this she moment. Didn't even, what happened last year? She didn't even give him. An, uh, didn't she postpone the, the invitation? Well, yes, she invited him. Then she postponed the invitation because there was a government shutdown. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so now they've decided that regardless of whether or not he is doubling down on his Ukraine uh, interference. Uh, oh, of course. That, you know, violates other 50-year-old laws, that regardless of the fact that that this abuse of power is what he is being uh, impeached for, that he's going to double down on that or shut down the government. I, I you know, like, like, you know, here's the one thing I'm really sure of. That, unfortunately, Tim Miller is correct, and this is going to be, this presidential general election will be like a WWE match. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The 20s. We're coming up on the 20s. We are coming up on the 20s. Can Isn't that you, crazy? Can you imagine that we are in now the third decade of the 21st century and we still have an early 20th century government? And we're going to spend a whole lot of time next year talking about how we could actually overcome that craziness. The Roaring Twenties, they're back. The Roaring Twenties are back, but I don't know. It feels like we just had Y2K. Uh, yeah, I can remember it well. <laughs> I was there in front of the state legislature saying, oh, yeah, it's going to work. It's going to work in my hands. My fingers were crossed under the table. Um, and, yeah, I, I remember it well. Um, I, I will say that, that 
um, this last decade has been um, has not been one of the great progress. Um, we also have been at war longer than any time in our national history without an end. Um, the president's planning now to reduce the level troop level in Afghanistan. Um, and it appears we've tried every type of solution um, except the rational one, which was the one we began with um, in a book called, and if you want to read about how we began there, it's a book called um, uh, Horse Soldiers, out of which a movie was made, but they changed the name of the movie, and I can't remember what it is right now. But in any case, yes, we are into the Roaring Twenties, so um, you may be time to get out that flapper outfit again. Um, and I don't know if I can even remember anymore how to do the Charleston, but I guess we could all relearn it. So, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and here's to maybe in the third decade of this century, developing a 21st century government that is better, quicker, cheaper, smarter, and more honorable that we can all trust, even if we don't agree on the policy. Not holding my breath. Neither am I, but Vince, you and I are here to fight the good fight. Subscribe to the Reimagine America podcast at reimagineamerica.org and ricochet.com. Email Joyce at Joyce at Reimagine America Radio. Follow her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy, all one word. And you can follow the show at Reimagine Radio. This has been Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Take a minute now and go to www.reimagineamerica.org. Join the forum, donate, tell others, and sign up to receive future podcasts. That's reimagineamerica.org. And join us again next week for Reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.